Welcome to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com, the show that's here to make the topic of taxes fun and interesting while providing great advice for individuals and small business owners on how to mitigate their tax liabilities. Now, here are your hosts, Craig and Belsis Smalley. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us on Tax Avoidance is Legal. I'm your host, Belsa Smalley. And I am your host, Craig Smalley. I think we're at about week 16 of our show. I'm not really sure, to be honest with him. To be yeah. honest, we kind of lost track at uh, how many weeks we're into this. Yeah. When we started doing this about 15 or 16 weeks ago, we uh, decided to challenge ourselves by making uh, the topic of taxes fun and interesting, and it's been quite an enjoyable ride so far. Oh, yes, absolutely. So far, so good, I think. Yes. <laughs> so uh, today, we're actually going to be uh, discussing something pretty pretty fun and interesting. Yeah, so this week, we're going to we're gonna have some fun. The topic is, what can I get away with on my taxes? So I get asked this question all the time. What can you get away with? So we're live on the air, as Belsus mentioned, and we're happy to take calls. The call-in number is one eight eight eight. go for it or 1-888-463-6748. You can also email us at info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. Now, we realize that everybody is at work. You're probably on your lunch break, and you don't want to ask a confidential question. So we have the email option, and we do get a lot of emails. So um, you can email us again at info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. And Belsis, you check that email constantly through the show, right? Yes, um, I have my laptop open. Open right here in front of me, and I'm constantly checking that inbox. So if you haven't had a chance throughout the week to send in your question, please feel free to do that because, um, as Craig mentioned, I have uh, I, I do check it periodically and throughout the show even, and we try to get everybody's questions answered. So that's pretty, uh, you know, pretty easy to do. Feel free to just send in your questions. Anyway, before we move forward, I just want to stress that the advice given on tax avoidance is legal is general in nature, and um, that, that uh, Craig W. Smalley EA and CWSEA PALLP and their associated entities cannot be held responsible for the advice given on this radio show. You should always consult your tax and or legal advisor. Today more than ever, that is true. That is so. Today more than ever, do not take my word for it. Ask somebody else. Absolutely. Um, I can't stress that enough. Um, tax Avoidance is Legal can be found on the Internet at www.taxavoidanceislegal.com. And um, as we mentioned, you can email us your questions throughout the week to info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. The show is sponsored by CWSEAPA uh, LLP, and we are um, the uh, a, a nationally recognized brand of accounting and financial services. So uh, you can always reach us at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272. And our uh, sister company, Tax Crisis Center, the nation's premier tax resolution firm, you can uh, contact Tax Crisis Center at 1-855-IRS-2911. Absolutely. So, Belsis, I've got to tell you how this show came to be. I was mulling ideas on, on what to do for this show because it's kind of hard. It's, it's hard to come up with ideas on this show. So I think I thought about a lot of questions that I get asked all the time. What can I get away with on my tax return? So I decided, why not do a show on that? Absolutely. We do get that. Um, I'm a little nervous about today's show, though. I'm going to tell you the truth. Don't, don't be. We're going to have fun with it. Don't, okay. don't be. All right. Well, it sounds, uh, 
sounds like we're going to have a lot of uh, cool questions come in. I know I've already- <laughs> we're going to have a lot of funny questions come in. I, I can I already know it. I already know. I did take a peek into the inbox and I can assure you of that. So yes, great. Lovely. <laughs> I hope you're Lovely. ready. Um, but anyway, I'm going to ask the first, probably most obvious question um, that we we get a lot when it comes to, um, you know, what does the IRS know? What don't they know? You know, what can we get away with? What can't we get away with? One of the big questions that um, I think a lot of folks have out there is how does the IRS know that you've received cash? Well, We'll get into that a little bit later, okay? We'll talk about cash in, in a minute. But um, today's show, like I said, is about, you know, what what you can get away with on your tax return. So let's talk about what you can't absolutely positively cannot get away with on your tax return. Oh, I see what you're doing. You're going to try to exactly. tackle that Exactly, yeah, first. yeah. Let's tackle that first so we don't get a bunch of insane questions, okay? So, so we're going to talk about what you absolutely positively cannot get away with on your tax return. Okay. So tell me, what are those things? What do you mean by that? What absolutely can't you get away with? One of the big ones that I always receive, and I'm so glad I don't have these clients, but I used to have them years ago. Mm -hmm. And these clients are really funny. They'll come in and you ask them how much money they made. They said, well, it depends. What can you prove? So, yeah, so it's cash, not reporting cash. People don't think that cash is traceable. Yeah, that that kind of brings you back to my question. Yeah. How how do they know that you've gotten cash? I think that's that's a big question. If it uh you know, people assume all the time that it can't be traced. Um, how does the IRS then figure it out? This is funny, and, and this is, I'm glad that you asked that question because right now I'm a, um, contributor to the, uh, to, to the website Accounting Web, and I write a lot of articles for them, as you know. Absolutely. Um, and one of my articles is Tax Court Call, is Tax Court, uh, Corner. Corner. Yes, absolutely. That's my column. So I'm writing a, an article right now on how the IRS reconstructs income and what tax court says about that. So one of the first audits I ever had was a cash flow analysis. Mm. It was a gentleman and they didn't think that he was reporting all of his income. So what the IRS did was a cash flow analysis. And do you know how that analysis works? No. Tell it's me. very simple. I mean, I have an idea, but I think a lot of folks out there don't. It's so. very simple. What the IRS auditor does is he'll sit there and I'll say, okay, what do you spend on food per month? What do you spend on clothing per month? What do you spend on rent? What do you spend on electricity? What do you spend on phone? What do you spend on all of these different things? He'll add that up for the month. Multiply that by 12 and ask you, where's that income at? Where did you receive the money for that? that so cash, cash is a lot more traceable than a lot of people think it is. So absolutely positively report all the cash that you receive. Absolutely. That sounds like a real easy way to get in trouble. Uh, absolutely. Folks all the time try to, you know, uh, obviously as the topic of the show implies what they can get away with on their taxes. And um, I always do love that when we'll get a client who says that, uh, you know, they've made nothing all year. And um, the yet, they thing, have, yet they have mortgage interest of $20,000. Well, how did you pay that mortgage yeah, interest? Yeah, the first thing Craig always says, and it always, uh, you know, kind of makes me chuckle internally, though I try not to laugh out loud during our <sighs> appointment. 
But um, it does kind of make me chuckle when you ask them, okay, well, then how did you live? <laughs> yeah, what did you live on? Exactly. Because you had to live on something, right? And unless you had some inheritance or something. And that's been true before. I've been in an audit before where somebody didn't have a lot of income and they lived on an inheritance, which isn't taxable. Absolutely. And so that does happen. So, you know, if you have cash and you're receiving cash, report it. And, I, and that is a, that's a good point that you brought up. It's a fair question to ask. You know, what what did Absolutely. you live on? Because, uh, like you mentioned, there are other instances where maybe they didn't make that much in income, but maybe they're living off of other, you know, other Absolutely. sources of you know finances. So that's a really good point. Um, so why is it such a big deal that um, they can answer those questions? Basically, is the IRS going to kind of try to put it all together, they kind of, it's kind of like a little investigation they go on, a little fact-finding machine, don't they? They basically... Yeah, and this it's not every audit they do that on. It's only when they think that you're hiding income. So, yeah, yeah. Another big thing that you don't want to do is is over-inflate your expenses. Mm. So, over-inflating expenses is something that is horrible. So, the... The, the title of this show is Tax Avoidance is Legal. Tax Avoidance is legal, being there are legal ways to avoid your taxes. Over, overextending your expenses or saying you spent more on something is not a legal way to do that. That is tax evasion. That's tax fraud. You can't do that. So don't say that you spent $2,000 on advertising when you didn't, mm-hmm. you know, because if you're ever audited, you're going to have to prove that. Right. So there's no possible way that you should ever, ever overinflate your, your expenses ever. Absolutely. Yeah. They're going to come back and, and want proof of that. So if you don't have a receipt showing exactly. that you uh, actually, you know, paid for that advertising or, you know, that the charge is legitimate, then you may get yourself in trouble. Yes. Here's another one. Here's okay. another one. And I know you're going to have a follow up question to this. Never, ever overinflate your income. Mm, OK. And why would someone want to overinflate their income? Funny story. This is a very funny story. So I was representing a tax preparer um, not too long ago. I was representing a tax preparer that was being audited by the Internal Revenue Service because they thought the preparer was doing something shady. And what they were doing was basically people were coming in and they were getting paid in all cash. And they were doing um, they were in an affluent area. And this was a low uh, a low income tax service. Right. So they were in. A, uh, in a fluent area, so there were a lot of nannies and a lot of things like that. So if right. you have household help, you're supposed to give the household help a W-2 at the end of the year, pay the Social Security and Medicare, but a lot of people don't know that, right? <laughs> so I'm on the other side of that. My clients are usually the ones hiring the nanny, so these were the accountants of the nanny. So what they were doing was they were asking them how much they made. They said it was all in cash, and they mm-hmm. were putting on the return. They were increasing the amount of income that they actually received. Why do you think they would do that? I don't know. That's a good question. There um, is something called the earned income credit. Oh, okay. okay. Well, yes, I, I'm aware. So the earned income tax credit, you get more of a tax credit, and it's a refundable credit. Mm-hmm. You get more of a credit from the more income that you make. So mm-hmm. there's a certain sweet spot there that you want to hit, especially if you have children, and that'll give you the maximum refund. So never, ever overinflate your income. So they were basically trying to get that. Exactly. Tax. They were committing tax fraud. So Yikes. overinflating your income for things like that is something that you absolutely positively cannot do. Well, I had no idea um, that 
or that that was so commonplace, but um, after seeing some of the cases you've been handling lately, yes. it's pretty common, huh? Yeah, it, yeah. There there are a lot of unscrupulous tax preparers that do that. So another thing that you don't want to do, and this is something that also came up in that audit, is don't say you took college classes when you didn't. Mm. And I'm assuming folks are might be doing that because there's some type of a credit or absolutely there's something called the American Opportunities Credit, and the American Opportunities Credit is basically it's refundable credits, twenty five hundred dollar credit for the first two years that you've been in, in, in college. So if you've been in college for two years and you paid X amount, you get a twenty five hundred dollar credit, and it's refundable to you. So people will say that they went to this tech school and that mm-hmm. tech school. Now the IRS has gotten smart about this. Mm-hmm. And when you e-file the return, they ask you because the, the institution will send you a 1098T, right. which is a tuition. But sometimes these people won't have them. So they'll just say that they don't have them and it's up to them to prove them. So don't ever, ever say that you went to college and you didn't. That's a big one. That's huge. It's so big that there was just a bulletin about that saying that people that are claiming the American Opportunities Credit are not going to get their refund until after February the 15th this year. So, Mm, Okay, and is that because they want to wait until they have the proof? Exactly, yeah. They want to wait until that information return has been filed because that is due by by January 31st, and by the 15th it should be in the system. Yeah, because people are have have been abusing that for a long time, so you never, ever want to do that. Well, that's a shame. You know, it always takes a few folks who abuse something, um, to ruin it for other folks who are fairly, uh, you know, going to college and, and deserve that, that credit and that tax break. But, um, and, and the IRS will always catch on to this kind of stuff. So don't think for a second you're the only one out there doing it because you're not. The IRS is not stupid and they will catch on to it. It definitely sounds like they, um, have gotten smart to it and, yeah, are they have, to check yeah. On it. Exactly, yeah, just like anything else. And it's definitely not worth getting in trouble for. So. No, absolutely. I mean, going to federal prison is, is no fun. So, mm-hmm. And a lot of people think it's the minimum security prison. It's not. It's, no, no. it's, it's the hardcore, hardcore Absolutely, time. yeah. Well, definitely sounds like uh, we're just getting started, and maybe we want to break uh, for a, yeah, let's take take a, a little break. break and yeah. um, when we return, we will uh, continue to tackle all the different uh things you can and can't do and uh, can and can't get away with on your taxes. I want to remind everyone that uh, we are live on the air and you can call us with your questions. Um, our call-in number is one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. or you can also email us to info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. And on the other side of the break, uh, Craig will talk more about what you can get away with on your taxes. Absolutely. At Tax Crisis Center, LLC, we solve tax problems for a living. If you have a tax problem with the IRS, you've probably been inundated with postcards and letters from different tax resolution companies all over the country. Tax Crisis Center, LLC, is the country's premier tax resolution company. Unlike other tax resolution companies that will take your money and do nothing for you, once we are retained, we go to work. We get results for our clients and will handle your IRS problem professionally and expeditiously. Don't let the IRS push you around anymore. Give us a call at 1-855-IRS-2911. Email us at help at taxcrisiscenter.com or visit us on the web at www.taxcrisiscenter.com and let your voice be heard. 
CWS EAPA is a financial services company specializing in taxation and tax-related issues. Tax planning is a year-round activity. The biggest mistake that people make is thinking about taxes during tax time. When you have a complex tax situation, you need to plan for taxes on a year-round basis. Our specialty is mitigating our clients' tax obligations through careful tax planning. Tax avoidance is legal. Call us today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272. You can visit us on the web at cwseapa.com or email us at info at cwseapa.com. Put us to work for you today. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Here's Craig and Belsis Smalley. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us back after the break. Today we've been uh, discussing um, what we what you can get away with on your taxes. And uh, so far we've um, basically been covering what you definitely should not do. Um, that will definitely yeah, absolutely. What you what you shouldn't do to to what you cannot get away with on your taxes. <laughs> exactly. So uh, a couple of the things that uh, Craig pointed out, in case you missed it, is you definitely should not um, overinflate your income. No, do not overinflate your income. Do not overinflate your expenses and report all the cash that you receive. Exactly. And also, um, we talked about uh, how folks um, might uh, try to get one over on the IRS by claiming that they took some classes. or Absolutely. Had, yeah, had, they went to college for the first two years. Yeah, I forgot about that. And yeah. uh, one of the things that the IRS has kind of gotten smart um, and, and clued in on is that now that you will wait, um, if you do claim um, one of those credits, they are kind of holding your uh, refund and double checking and making Absolutely, sure that yeah. you actually earned that. Um, well, they're doing, credit. they're holding, they're holding refunds of, of any, any large refunds they are holding for a period of time. So they're, they're doing that. But when it comes to the American Opportunities Credit, that's new. That's going to happen next year. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's really interesting. Um, we did uh, mention that we'd had we'd seen this actually happen to folks. So it's it's definitely not something that we're we're just speculating on. This is stuff that we have experienced um, with. Uh, Craig has represented people who've had these issues yes. um, before, and that's why we want to just bring that out and and inform the public on it. Um, we have been getting a lot of really um, cool questions. Um, if you haven't had a chance to submit your question, you can send it into info at tax avoidance. Legal.com, or you can also give us a call on the air. Our call in number is 1 888 Go For It or 1 888 463 6748. And Craig, we do have some questions. You want to tackle a couple? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. We have a question from Paul in Pittsburgh. Um, I think he's trying to be funny here. <laughs> okay. Uh, he says, um, Can he deduct the expenses of his dog on his tax return? Interesting story. Yes, absolutely. You can. If you have a service dog, you know, people have these emotional support dogs now, or if you're blind <laughs> and you have a dog, absolutely. You can deduct the cost of your dog. You can deduct the cost of the vet care, the cost of the dog, the dog food, all of that would be deductible as a medical expense, believe it or not. So that's a way to make it um, tax deductible. But ordinarily, if you don't have a an emotional support dog, or if you don't have a service dog, then no, you can't right. deduct. 
to definitely cost me a should dollar. be a actual service animal. Uh, so. And not those not those places online that say that they will certify your dog as an emotional as an emotional support dog. There's they're everywhere. So I just got a rescue dog. This is kind of funny. I got a rescue dog, and I want to take my dog everywhere with me. So I was looking online to see if I could make it an emotional support dog. <laughs> and there are places that'll just certify it for no reason. They'll just yep. give you a certificate, and it really means nothing. It means so it's, nothing. it's kind of funny. So you actually have to go to a doctor, and a doctor has to has to actually. Yeah. It should. Kind of, it's almost like a prescription type of situation. Exactly. It needs yeah. To be um, ordered or prescribed by the doctor. So absolutely. Needs to be actual medical need for it. We're not. Yeah, and we're not advocating that folks go out there and. Uh, Start saying that Fido is an emotional sport dog. No, 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 no. <laughs> you have to have backup for all of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, you know, that brings up one that um, we get a lot, you know, thinking about things that, that come up all the time. You know, obviously, um, we don't get the dog one as much, but we definitely get a lot of, I hear a lot of folks asking me, um, what, you know, can I deduct the cost of a pool? I really want a pool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He needed up the cost of a pool, and this is kind of interesting. Yes, we live in Florida for uh, you know for the majority of the year. We have offices in Florida, Delaware, and Nevada, but the bulk of the time we spend at our uh, Orlando, Florida office. And so, obviously, you know, folks here in Florida, it's a very popular thing. A lot of folks have pools, and if you don't have one, you want one because it's so hot here all the time. Exactly. So they want to put in a pool, and so the question would be, would the cost of putting in the pool be deductible? Under certain situations, it absolutely would. So if if you had a prescription from a doctor okay. that said that you needed a pool, then yes, you could deduct it. You can deduct it. You can deduct the cost of it less the value that it brings to the property. And I know that's kind of complicated. So let me give you an example. So sure. let's say that it, it increases the value of your property by $10,000, but you spent $25,000 mm-hmm. on it. So then you could deduct $15,000 on your tax return as a medical expense. But you have to have a prescription from a doctor. Right. If you have a prescription from a doctor, then yes, you can absolutely deduct um, yeah, the cost of a pool. Well, that's really interesting. And that's really uh, great, you know, for folks who uh, exercise, you know, maybe they need to have uh, exactly. Yeah. Exercises. Usually people going through through, through um, that, that therapy. Yeah. They're going to be in physical therapy for the rest of their lives mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Then they would need a pool. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. So what else can you get away with? Is there anything else similar to the pool thing? Maybe? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you have a two story house or sometimes a three story house, you can also deduct the cost of an elevator provided you get a prescription for it. So let me tell you how this works. Yeah. Let's say that you go out and you break your leg, but you may, you have a compound fracture and your leg will never be the same. And you have a two story house and you can't get up and down the stairs. Mm-hmm. You can get a prescription from a doctor that says you need an elevator and you can deduct the cost of the elevator, but it works just like the, the pool. Okay. You can deduct the cost less the value it brings to your home. So again, if it brings uh, $10,000, if it increases Increase the value of your house by ten thousand dollars. You spent fifteen thousand dollars on the elevator. You can deduct five thousand. So yes, absolutely, you can deduct that. And I'm assuming that would also apply to those uh, little lifts, those little chair type yes, lifts that absolutely. go up and down. The anything, stairs. yeah. So if you have to do anything to your home to make it handicap accessible or something like that, you can absolutely deduct all oh, of that. Oh, very interesting. And uh, what about those little ramps, folks? Use yes. to go in and out of the house, absolutely. things like that. Yes. Yeah, very good. Very good to know. Um, do you have any other little tricks like that that you can think of? 
for home improvements, yeah, for for home improvements, home improvements typically aren't deductible because what they do is they add to the basis of your home. So, right. and what that means is, I know I'm I'm speaking uh, I'm speaking taxis right now, but adding to the base of your home. So you bought your home, let's say for two hundred thousand dollars, and you made twenty thousand dollars of improvements. So now your house, your basis in your house is two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So you can deduct home improvements provided that you have a prescription for them. So your doctor tells you that you have to. Have have this in your house um, and gives you a prescription for it, then yes, you can deduct it um, less the value that it adds to the property. So yes, absolutely. Um, and what about, you know, this is something that you, you I, we get a lot of, um, I, maybe hopefully I get those questions answered a lot before they get to you. Um, but when I, you know, collect folks' uh, information for preparation of their taxes and things like that, uh, a lot of times they'll ask me if they can include receipts for like, you know, Dave, um, put in energy efficient windows or things like that. I know at times the government has given yes. different credits. Yeah, yeah, for that. yeah, yeah. So, so windows, energy efficient windows, you get a credit for, you get a credit for uh, energy efficient water heater. One of the best tax credits out there right now is for solar power. So that is not a myth. So if you're out there trying to buy solar power or you want to convert your home to solar power mm-hmm. and the salesman is telling you that you're getting a tax credit, you do and you get a 30% tax credit for the amount of the cost of, of the solar that you put in. So that's a really, really good, good tax credit. And it'll pay for 30% of it. So it, and, and it's, it's also, so how a tax credit works is you get, it's a dollar for dollar credit against what would ordinarily be your tax liability. So a credit is always better than a deduction. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I'm glad you clarified that because a lot of folks don't really understand the difference between. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a tax deduction, let's say you have a thousand dollar tax deduction. That really means about a hundred dollars in tax savings. If you have a thousand dollar tax credit, that means a thousand dollars. So it's a dollar for dollar. So you're always want a tax credit over credit. a deduction. There you go, folks. Credit over a deduction, and that always. a lot of folks don't realize that. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, you brought up some great points that um, some of these things are things you need an actual prescription for. Um, so I do want to stress that every um, everyone out there that's listening should definitely get um, professional advice before you actually attempt to take any of these deductions. Yes, because every situation is different. This is a gen, I'm telling you this, this is general information and your situation may be exactly different. Something else may be going on. So please get professional advice before you start taking these deductions. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, um, I, I know that everything is every situation is different. Um, I do get uh, a lot of uh, questions about you know, what can be deducted in terms of maybe little extras like sporting events or tickets to, to shows? What, what about stuff like that? Yeah, so this is kind of interesting. So back in 1986, when the tax code was, uh, when the tax code was completely redone, uh, they put gifts at $25. So the most that you can deduct for, uh, the giving of gifts is $25. That's it. Wow. So stop and think about that for that's a minute. Not very yeah. Nice. So when you're in the store and you're trying and you're looking to buy gift cards, that's why they sell them in $25 increments. So it's $25 per person per year. So, if you have season tickets to, let's say, for instance, in Orlando, Orlando City Soccer, that's a big mm-hmm. thing. We have season tickets to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So 
if I were to give those tickets to somebody, I can only deduct $25 of that. But if I went to the sporting event with them, I could deduct 50% of it because it's entertainment now. So just changing the way that you do things, you can deduct more. Absolutely. That's really interesting. So um, basically, like you said, by simply changing the way that you do things, it can make things deductible. Perhaps. Absolutely. So yes. One of the really good uh, good things to do is when you have a question, when you have a doubt, ask somebody, ask a tax professional, somebody who knows. Uh, don't just do it and assume that you can go ahead and exactly. take it. Exactly. I always tell my clients, give me a call and, a- and ask me because I'd rather spend five minutes on the phone with you talking about it rather than three hours trying to get you out of something. So I do a much better job of keeping you out of trouble than getting you out of trouble. Once you've done it, there's nothing I can really do at that point or any tax professional can do. So always ask before you do it. Absolutely. Um, we have um, a lot of questions that have rolled in. One of the things that I kind of, I'm going to leave us, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to tease with this question, Craig, because it's a question that we get asked a lot. Um, and, uh, I want you to hold off on answering it until we return. But one of the questions we get asked a lot is if somebody should lease a car or buy a car, um, which is a better, which is better tax wise. So and, I don't and, want you to answer it but now. You know, what's funny about that is a lot of people will listen to what the salesman is telling them. The salesman is pushing them towards what they get a higher commission for. Of course. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a very good question. Yes. So well, um, I'm going to say uh, that when we return from our next break, Craig is going to go ahead and answer that question. Should you lease or buy a car and which one of those is a better tax option? want to remind everyone that we are, uh, on the air, you can give us a call at one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight if you have any questions or email us at info at taxavoidanceslegal dot com. Forming a corporation or LLC can separate personal assets from your business assets. No matter what state your business operates in, forming a corporation or LLC in Nevada, Delaware, or Florida has benefits. For example, forming a corporation in Nevada offers privacy and no corporate income tax. Forming a corporation in Delaware can give you the legal protection of the state of Delaware, which is business friendly. On top of the legal reasons to form a corporation, there are tax benefits as well. Give us a call today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272 or email us at info at cwseapa.com. Come and see what you've been missing. Payroll can be a nightmare for a small business. When you have employees, you have to pay them periodically, pay the taxes associated with them, and file quarterly tax reports with the Internal Revenue Service and the state that your business operates in. Our payroll is seamless. It is done through a cloud-based system. All you do is put in what you are paying your employees and approve your payroll. We handle the rest. Our fees are lower than the national payroll companies, too. Call us today at one 844 C-W-S-E-A-P-A or 1-844-297-3272 or visit us on the web at C-W-S-E-A-P-A payrollservice.com. 
At Albernus Business Services Incorporated, we view ourselves as your internal bookkeeping department and are always improving ways to leverage proven cloud technologies to streamline and improve the efficiency of our outsourced services. With an in-house bookkeeper, you would run the cost of about 45000 a year. But with our monthly services, it would be a fraction of that cost. Let us help you with the tedious, time-consuming side of your business so you can focus on growing your business. Call us today at 1-877-695-6658. Our website is albernusservices.com or email dalbernus at albernusservices.com. Your success is our business. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Here's Craig and Belsa Smalley. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal, and today we have been discussing what you can get away with on your taxes, and uh, before we went on break, I kind of wanted to leave everyone with a little teaser question that we get all the time, which is, is it better to lease or to buy a car, Craig? Which one makes more sense tax-wise? Well, that's a very, very, very good question. So um, this, I'm going to answer it as a business owner because as an individual, it doesn't really matter if you lease or you buy the car. It doesn't really matter. So um, as a business owner, it depends on what your net income is. So if you buy the car, you can increase your depreciation by um, something called Section 179. I'm not going to bore anybody with that. But if you have a very large uh, net income, then yes, yes, you should probably buy the car. If you don't, then you should probably lease the car. Now, leasing the car, you can write off the full amount of the lease. If you um, if you buy the car, you can write off the, the depreciation, but it really all depends on what your net income is. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good question. And that's why it's important that you see your accountant at least once a quarter so they can answer questions like that when you call them and ask them. Yeah, absolutely. Before you, and Craig always says this to our clients, um, before you make any major financial decisions like that, um, you know, your accountant should should be consulted. I know we want to know. We want to know because uh, we take uh, we we really look at the whole picture. We look at the whole person, how it's going to affect them personally, how it's going to affect their business. Exactly. And um, Craig always gears his advice to obviously what's going to be the best for the individual and for the business. Um, so if you don't have an accountant that that cares like that, maybe you should go out and uh, shop around and look for somebody. That, Absolutely. That cares. I mean, this is a, these are major decisions that can really impact. And they can also they can they can also impact your wallet too. Exactly. Yeah, they so. Impact a, a lot of things. So uh, don't be afraid to ask these questions. There's no question too silly. And with that being said, we have quite a few questions that have come in. Um, I'm going to uh, tackle some of those so that we have some time to get as, as many as we can in. Um, we have a question from Samantha in Boston. Uh, she says that uh, she is a first time home buyer. And she wants to take money out of her 401k. Uh, is she subject to taxes and penalties? That's a very good question. Well, yeah. Now, if it was a Roth 401k, because in, in a 401k, if you have a Roth and you can have a Roth option within that 401k. So if you put the money into the Roth option, you've had it there five years, you take it out, it's tax free. If it's a regular 401k, which is what most people have, you can take up to $10,000. Now you're going to pay taxes on it, but you avoid the penalty for a first time home buyer. Now, if you need more than $10,000, just borrow money from your 401k. You can borrow up to 80% of what's 
taking your 401k and then just pay it back. So you're paying yourself back with interest. So, um, and that's tax free. So you can do that as well. Well, that's a really good option. I think a lot of folks don't realize that they can actually borrow against it. A 401k. Yeah, 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 yeah. A simple, a SEP or something like that or or regular IRA you can't borrow from, but a 401k you can. Well, that's, I think that's really good advice. So there you go, Samantha. Um, so let's say that I'm in business for myself. Um, what would you say are the best deductions for a business owner? This is really funny. I was, I was interviewed for a radio show yesterday and this is, this is funny. And this exact question came up. What is the best tax deduction? So there's different ways to look at tax deduction. So when you're in business for yourself, there are two things you want to do. You want to put money back into the business to help it grow so it can make more money so you can take more money out of it. So the best tax deduction that you have within a business is deferred compensation. And what I mean is a 401k plan, a defined benefit plan. With a 401k, if you're self-employed, with a 401k plan, you can put up to $52,000 into the 401k plan. And if you do that, that is all tax deductible. And guess what? You're paying yourself. It's your money. You may not be able to touch it right now, but it's your money. If you do a defined benefit plan, if you're making a lot of money, you can do a defined benefit plan. You could put up to $250,000 into that. That's tax deductible. So that is your best tax deduction. Anytime you're paying yourself and getting a tax deduction for it is is always your best deduction. Definitely. That's a a double. It's a win-win situation. Absolutely. And that that show that you were interviewed on yesterday, um, you know, that was a really great interview. Um, it was on a show called Revenue Chat um, with uh, Tony D- Dorso, D-U-R-S-O. Yeah, Dorso. Dorso. So if anybody out there has a chance, Google that uh, Revenue Chat. It was a really, really great show. It probably won't probably won't be up yeah, for a he said, Yeah, he said it would be a couple of weeks before it was uploaded. But, yeah, I had a lot of fun talking with him. I'm a fan of his, and I had a lot of fun talking with him. It was a him. really, really good show. That's why I wanted to kind of you know, throw that out there and give a shout out to that show at revenue chat. It was really great. Absolutely. Um, so something that, uh, that I like that you've uh, recommended in the past to clients. And I know that we've taken advantage of this ourselves mm-hmm. is to pay their children. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know for us, it's been amazing what it, what we, we did with it. Um, but can you explain to someone uh, who might be listening out there who's confused about what that means to pay your child, because um, I thought that was a really neat little trick. That yeah, you so so I'm in a higher tax bracket, right? And my my kids aren't. So if my if I pay my kids less than five thousand dollars, they don't even have to file a tax return, right? right? So I can pay them a salary. Now they actually have to do work. So when um, my son was in the first grade, and then my uh, other son was in pre K. We paid them a salary. And what we did with that money is we put it into, in Florida, we have something called prepaid, Florida prepaid. We put the money into Florida prepaid college. So we locked in um, the college costs at what they were that right. then for college costs um, today. So, um, and then we also did a 529 plan where we put money into a 529 plan. So I paid them $5,000 and they actually worked for it. They came in, they shred. You, you know, yep. I made them work for oh, it. Oh yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of little things you can you yeah, have your kids do shredding. So, you know, if, if you do any mailing, you know, folding and, and stuffing envelopes, you know, all kinds of things. And like there's, that. and there's something that I did there. I shifted money from our, from our higher tax bracket to a lower tax bracket. And then on top of that, I also, 
got to save money for college, making college tax deductible. Now, you do have to pay your Social Security and Medicare on the wages, but that's really de minimis when you stop and think about the benefit that you get. So my son turned 18 and graduated high school, and it's such a good feeling to know Four years of college is paid for, and we put so much into the 529 plan, he can also pay for his textbooks, and if he wants to go to grad school, that's paid for as well. So that's something that that is that is an amazing tax deduction. It's amazing what it's done for us, and that just goes to show you we always try to um, we never give advice that we wouldn't be willing to take ourselves. So or do ourselves. Yeah, yeah. and that that's one of those things that Craig has mentioned before, and I, I love to talk about it because um, we're currently uh, about to reap the rewards of that. Um, you know, like Craig mentioned, our our oldest just graduated um, high school and is actually uh, interning with us at our office. And um, you know, it's it's so nice to know that he has college paid for, his books paid for, and that we were able to save money doing it. Absolutely, so it's a great yeah. little trick. And I like, absolutely, I just like to share that. Um, we have a question from, uh, let's see, a few silly ones coming in. Um, but before, let's see, oh, we have Barbara in Chicago. She says that she started an all cash business. Um, I'm kind of, kind of. Uh, I wonder what that is. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about what that is. I, me too, Barbara. I hope it's it's legit. Um, what would be some expenses that she can get away with deducting? I don't well, that's kind of an ambiguous question. Yeah. I mean, anything that's necessary or ordinary or enhances your business is deductible, just like anything else. Just because it's an all-cash business doesn't mean any, doesn't mean that you have a special deduction or anything like that. But report all of the cash. Make sure you report all the cash. Yeah, I think in in, in the case of someone like Barbara, um, making sure that they have a really good uh, system set up for for tracking that income would probably be key. And have a good accountant, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know what you're doing, Barbara, but good luck to you. Yeah, I don't want to know either. (laughs) All right, we have a few silly ones coming in. Tom in Vegas says that uh, he got divorced and he has to pay his ex-wife spousal support. Can he deduct that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tell you what, Tom, you're going to love the answer to this question. Not only can you deduct alimony, but it's also taxable to her. So you're sticking it to her. Oh, so, wow. so if you got to pay her $10,000, you get a $10,000 deduction. She has to pay 10000 She has to pay tax on that $10,000. So you're sticking it to her. So, yes, absolutely, you can deduct that. There you go, Tom. You can uh, sleep easy tonight knowing that you are absolutely. sticking it to your ex-wife and that she's got to claim that income and you get get to have a deduction. So I'm sure Tom in Vegas is quite happy right now. Um, so what do you think, Craig, is uh, the funniest question that you've um, gotten since you've been in practice? <laughs> I gotta tell you, every, we've heard some doozies. I don't, I don't get this very often anymore, thankfully. But I used to get it all the time about how the Sixteenth Amendment was never properly ratified. Mm-hmm. So you always get these tax protesters, and mm-hmm. they'll argue with you tooth and nail. The Sixteenth Amendment was ratified. It is part of the Constitution. It is ta- income taxes are legal. So don't sit there and think that they're not. Don't be somebody that files. I had a client one time file a zero tax return and sign his return and under it said he was signing it under protest. He's just committed perjury and tax fraud, which is punishable by mm-hmm. three years in prison. Don't be that guy. Don't. Please don't. Please don't. And if you are, please don't call me to yeah. get you out of it because <laughs> I, I've, I dealt with that very early on in my career mm-hmm. and I haven't had to deal with it very often. So that's... 
All right, moving on. Davidson in Memphis wants to know uh, when would personal care, clothing, uh, dry cleaning, things like that, be deductible? We get that a lot. We get that question. Yeah, a lot. well, if you're if you're in a business, like, for instance, if you're on television or you do a lot of public speaking, you're paid for public speaking, then yeah, your personal care would be deductible. Your dry cleaning, your clothing, because all of that stuff, and obviously you can wear it somewhere else, which is usually the thing. But you're buying it for that one particular thing. As a matter of fact. There was a tax court case um, about that that, um, you know, tax court actually agreed with that. So, yeah, so that's something that's interesting. That is very interesting because we do get that a lot. Um, Folks always want to know if they can, you know, deduct certain things like that. Um, Well, we have quite a lot of uh, funny questions that have come in. But I think uh, um, before we tackle them, maybe we should go to a quick little uh, early break and then come back and tackle all these silly questions. Awesome. Um, So uh, hang tight, folks. Uh, You can call us, 1-888-GO-FOR-IT, or email us, info at taxavoidancelegal.com, and we will get your questions answered. Craig Smalley is the author of 12 books regarding taxation. Two of his books have been revised this year. It starts with an idea revised edition takes you through the startup of a company. It talks about taxes, entity structuring, the IRS, and so much more. The Complete Guide to Estate, Gifts, and Trust Taxation Revised Edition is about how to navigate the complex estate tax. Both books have just been released by CWSEAPA Publishing, LLC, and are on sale now at Amazon.com. If you are a business that has outgrown your accountant but are not big enough for one of the big four accounting firms, CWSEAPA Consulting may be perfect for you. We specialize in tax consulting for small to medium-sized businesses. We can advise you on whether it is time to start a holding company or management company to mitigate your tax liability. We can advise you on whether it is a good time to expand your business, hire employees, buy equipment, or lease equipment. There are different tax reasons to do different things. Let our over 22 years of experience work for you. Call us today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272. You can email us at info at cwseapa.com or visit us on the web at cwseapa.com. We're doing something amazing and we want you to be a part of it. With so many choices when looking for quality investment advice, you owe it to yourself to seek a professional who has your best interests at heart. At J.B. Meridian Advisors, we don't sell products that generate commissions or have hidden fees. Client assets are never locked up in illiquid investments that could take months or years to access, or worse, charge a penalty to sell in an emergency. Our simple structure aligns the interests of our clients with our interests by charging a flat fee based on the assets we manage. As your portfolio value increases, our firm grows. Call J.B. Meridian Advisors now at 877-398-0051 or visit us online at jbmeridian.com. Now let's get back to Craig and Dulcis Smalley for more of Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. 
Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal. Uh, today we've been discussing things uh, that you can get away with on your taxes, and uh, we've gotten quite a few uh, questions rolling in. Craig, are you ready to tackle some of these? <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, All right. Uh, we have a question from uh, Marco in uh, Jupiter Beach. He wants to know, under what conditions can he deduct his condo fees? Well, you really can't deduct condo fees unless you bought them in a business. So if your business bought a condo, then you could deduct the condo fees. But other than that, no, you've, you've, there's no way to deduct them. So. Okay. Sorry, Marco. Um, let's see here. Howard in Oklahoma City wants to know, can he deduct the travel expenses he incurred for traveling to his, uh, wholly owned corporation's annual meeting? This is a big one I get from, from yeah, clients. Get that clients get this all the time. They think that they can go on a cruise and have their <laughs> um, corporate meeting and deduct the full amount of the cruise. So yeah. here's how that works. You can deduct a portion of it, not the full cost of it. You can deduct a portion of it. So if you go somewhere and you have an annual meeting and you have travel expenses and you've taken your wife with you, you've taken your kids with you, you can only deduct your expenses. Right. You can't deduct your wife's, your kids, and everybody else's. So you can partially deducted. So yeah, don't don't fall for those because I see those two on on the internet, you know, come here and deduct this and it's all fully deducted. It's not. So don't don't fall for that. Yeah, and if you do have a tax um, professional that's willing to do that, they're not doing their job. Yeah, they're not properly. doing it right. Yeah. So you you're risking getting in trouble there. Um Henry in Baltimore wants to know what are the odds of getting caught cheating on your taxes? <laughs> <laughs> he wants to play uh Russian roulette, I think. <laughs> well, getting, it depends on what you're doing. I mean, if you're doing something, usually if you're cheating on your taxes, you're doing something that's obvious. It's mm-hmm. obvious that you're cheating. So um, the odds are probably good of, of getting um, uh, audited or something like that. So on the show about audits, we talked about diff scores and the mm-hmm. higher the diff score. So if you're doing something where your diff score is higher, um, then yeah, the odds of you being audited are, are, are pretty good. So the odds of getting caught cheating on your tax return is, you know, depends on exactly what it, it is. depends yeah. on what you're doing, how obvious it is, exactly. and, uh, you know, how poorly you execute it. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> um, and, you, you, you know, you mentioned diff score. You use a lot of lingo, and maybe somebody didn't hear that show. Yeah, Can you explain diff, what a diff score is? Yeah, very diff score is, is basically what happens is every 10 years, the IRS audits uh, 50,000, randomly audits 50,000 tax returns, and what they look is Ford's differentials. So you have to go line by line on those tax returns and prove everything that's on the returns. And what they do is they come up with a basically a, a, a median type of income for this lifestyle or that lifestyle or, or whatever it is. And they uh, put it together and they put it in the IRS computer and it comes up with something called a diff score. Now, how they get to that diff score is very complicated and it's closely guarded, but that's basically what that is. Okay. I have a really funny question here. Kevin in Knoxville wants to know if he got a prescription from his doctor stating that he needed a vacation, can he deduct it? <laughs> no. That's a good one. Kevin. Yeah, that's a good one. You could try it. There's probably a tax court case out there somewhere with that. But to be honest with you, I wouldn't deduct it for you. I would tell you no. I mean, that's that's something that I mean. That's a would, good one, though. That is a very good one, and he is paying attention. You're thinking in the right direction, though. Uh, yeah, just because uh, we mentioned getting a prescription earlier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Kevin's taking it too far. Uh, Sherry in Kentucky states that she takes care of stray cats. She feeds them, captures them, gets them spayed and neutered. 
Is there any way to deduct that? No. Unless she basically had her own not-for-profit or something like that. Yeah, maybe that's something you want to consider, Sherry, is uh, forming a not-for-profit. And then then donating to it and deducting the donations. Exactly. Um, Marcus wants to uh, start a business. Uh, I don't know where Marcus is from. He didn't state, but he wants to start a business with the money in his 401k. Is there a way to take that money out tax-free? Oh, there are several ways to do that. You can do a self-directed IRA where you can basically take your IRA and invest it in a corporation. In your corporation, you can take all the money, invest it, and then run your business and pay yourself a salary, the whole thing. But you have to do it under very strict guidelines. You can also um, start your own 401k in your new business roll your old 401k over to the new 401k and borrow up to 80% of that and pay it back to yourself. You can do that as well. So yeah, don't just take money out of your IRA to start a business because it's taxable and yet penalty. So talk to a tax advisor before you do that. Absolutely. Um, here's a, a good one um, that I think uh, folks here in Florida might start having to tackle soon. Uh, but Mike in Colorado, you know what uh, is legal in Colorado that isn't legal here. No. Uh, he owns a marijuana facility. Uh, he says that his accountant has told him that the expenses incurred are not deductible. How can he make them deductible? That's a very good question. Mm-hmm. I wrote an article about this just not too long ago that's mm-hmm. going to be published next week uh, talking about how tax court views uh, marijuana. So your accountant is absolutely right. Um, there's um, Internal Revenue Code Section um, 280E basically says if you're in, a le- in an illegal business like you know the, the selling of drugs, because remember at the federal level that's still classified is a is a class two narcotic. Right. So even at the if, if at the state level it's legal, it's not legal at the federal level. Right. But there are ways around it, and I found ways around it. So it's funny if it does become legal here in Florida, well, I'm your guy. Set, huh? I am absolutely <laughs> your guy. I boned up on that. For, I did so much research on that story. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there are ways to deduct your expenses. Just find another accountant that knows their way around the marijuana business. Yeah, Craig is all about finding ways around things. Now. Absolutely. Making sure that it's, uh, you know, a legal way, obviously, around it. And uh, those are the kind of things that uh, just make him love his job. Um, we have some uh, very little time left, but I want to squeeze some of these questions in. Um, Yolanda in Miami says that she owns a houseboat. Are there any expenses that she can deduct related to that? Yeah, you can deduct the interest on that. Yeah, oh. it's a second home. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Would that uh, same thing apply to an RV? Absolutely. Yeah, you can deduct the, the interest as a second home. Yeah. And we get a lot of folks here in Florida with RVs, so that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin in Seattle. Um, he is a professional bodybuilder. Um, is his gym membership and uh, special food that he needs for his, uh, you know, bodybuilding deductible? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because that's what he does for a living. Yeah. Great. I think we have time for a couple more questions if we squeeze them in. Uh, Lewis in Tallahassee uh, wants to take money out of his IRA and wants to use it for a short period of time and put it back. Is that taxable? Well, here's the thing. You can only do this one time per year, but you can take out anything out of your IRA and put it back within 60 days and it's not taxable. You can take it out. You can use it for whatever you want to do. You can go to Vegas, do whatever you want. And then you put that exact same amount of money back. It's not taxable, but you can only do that one time per year. Ah, So if you do go to Vegas, you better hope you win. Absolutely. Because if you lose, it's taxable. Not only did you lose the money, it's now taxable. Ouch. Uh, uh, Jasper in Montana says that he donates a lot of time to not-for-profits. Uh, can he take a deduction for that? 
Unfortunately, the IRS says that your time is worth nothing. So That's a shame. We know otherwise, uh, Jasper, but unfortunately, no good news for you. And before we we leave for the day, we have to have our final question of the day. Uh, Gregory in Orlando uh, says, uh, are you really watching Canadian football? Absolutely, I'm watching Canadian football. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not football season yet, but it is in Canada, right? So you got three downs, 120 yards, and it's a different game. And I love the rules of the game, right? So I follow this up until college football starts. And then I forget about it until they play the Grey Cup and I'll watch the Grey Cup. But yes, I'm watching it. It is amazing. Gregory, watch it with me. I keep trying to get him into watching it with me. And sometimes he will, sometimes he won't because the rules are a little bit different. But I love it. And it's much better than the Arena League, which isn't really football and we're in the football capital of the world as you know so football is big here well i a few states might disagree with you but no well texas <laughs> they might but we're the capital all right well this is going to conclude today's show if we didn't get your uh, emailed question on the air we will definitely email you back remember to visit us at uh, tax avoidance uh, email your questions throughout the week to info at tax avoidance and tune in next week yeah next week we're going to continue on the fun so i decided to have some more fun and we're going to talk about why is the tax code like that? Why is it so complicated? People want to simplify the tax code and I don't want it simplified and I'll tell you why next week. It shouldn't be simplified. Absolutely not. Well, this show is sponsored by Tax Crisis Center LLC and CWSCAPA LLP. Uh, CWSCAPA is a nationally recognized brand of accounting, tax, and financial services. Give us a call at 1-844-CWSCAPA. Thank you for tuning in and we look forward to next week's show. Have a great weekend, guys.